This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we will be talking with chefs and food writers about their favorite ingredients. We'll also be speaking to the producers of those ingredients to talk about why chefs love using them in their kitchens. This week, we are talking about olive oil. It's a subject I love to talk about, as you know. Mm -hmm. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Italian olive oil from Monini. Monini is such a huge, over 30-year partner of Chef's Warehouse, and it's kind of one of those foundational products, I would say, John, of our catalog. Oh my God, yes. And they're like family at this point. Zeferino Monini in Italy and Marco Petrini, who's here in the United States. I think when most people hear about olive oil, they immediately think about Italy. You know, we both know that olive oil comes from a lot of different countries throughout the Mediterranean, but I really think Italian olive oil, it's the gem, if you will. No doubt. It's one of the cornerstones of Italian cuisine. And what's nice about Monini, their products are so good. They're really consistent. And one of my favorite new products at Chef's Warehouse is they started doing these mono cultivars. Yes which are single olive specialty, almost like a reserve Like a single olive varietal. Oil. Yes, mm-hmm. and they are so good. They're some of the best olive oils on the planet. You know, Monini's been around for a long time. The name's very well known. You may see it in the supermarket. Yep. The chefs absolutely know it. It really is one of the finest products you can get there. And these single varietals are very special. Yeah, I think that's very trendy right now, the the single origin. And they're really good at their originale, the frutata. I think those are kind of the ones that you see in the market. But for the chef, I think the, the single varietals, it adds like an essence, a terroir that you weren't necessarily expecting. Some of them are more fruity. Some of them are more earthy. Depending on what you're cooking, these olive oils will be you know great for them. They're great. And I use these, I always use that term finishing oil. Yes. These are oils that you drizzle on at the end of preparing something mm-hmm. for that final touch. Or like dipping bread. Or, oh yes. Do you use a lot of olive oil at home? Oh yeah, probably too much olive oil, but olive oil is so good for you. It's a good, healthy fat. For me, I drizzle it copiously on you know, anything I'm cooking. I was with an olive oil producer last week in Europe. They essentially told me there's no wrong amount of no. olive oil to use. Like it is that healthy. It's simply the juice of an olive, basically. Yeah. You know, we were talking about some other types of oils like vegetable oil and canola oil and seed oils. These things are so highly processed, these other oils, they are not good for you. No. I use olive oil at home for everything. I fry my eggs in it. I What I actually really enjoyed about watching your trip, John, on Instagram was that I believe you were traveling with little bottles of olive oil because you were videotape pouring the oil on your salads or seafood dishes. And I was like, this is what's making the dish, the piece de resistance. Yeah, well, you're very observant. You're looking at my Instagram very closely. I like that. You're my Um, friend, John. You know what happens when you sit down at one of these restaurants, a great European restaurant, whether you're in Italy or France or Greece or Spain, they are now giving you individual bottles of olive oil. I don't know if it's a COVID thing, because in the old days, they used to put a bottle of olive oil out on the table, but they're giving individual bottles of olive oil that you can pour onto your salad or your fish or whatever it is. And what I noticed is we were often asking for extra little bottles because we just were pouring it so liberally. There's two types of extra virgin olive oil, as far as I'm concerned. There are what I call the workhorses or the all-purpose oils. And those are oils that you know you can use to cook with, to make salad dressings with, toss into a sauce, whatever it is. Right. And then you have these really special, and they're usually you know a little on the pricier side, but what I call finishing oils. And these are oils that are 
use just to add a final flourish to a dish. Mm -hmm. They add flavor, they add color, but it's actually a point of digestibility. It actually is like a lubricant for the food to go into your body when you put olive oil to finish a dish. But the thing about finishing oils is there are specific types of olive and oils that are best suited for particular dishes. I'll give you an example. Monini makes a Frantoia varietal, which is a more flavorful olive. You know, that type of oil is going to be used to finish something like a steak, something that's a grilled. A of Florentine. Exactly. Yep. It could be a soup that's got, you know, tomato and, and acidity in it. You want a, an oil with a little bit more flavor when that's you're finishing it. That's going to stand up to the dish. Exactly. On the other side of the equation is, let's say you're doing a raw seafood dish, like a crudo, or you're doing something very delicate, like a white flesh fish that you've steamed. If you were to put that same intense olive oil on that to finish it, you might only taste the oil when that dish is done. Right. You're going to crush it. And you don't want that. So you want something light and delicate, like a Tajiaska olive like a Ligurian oil. olive oil. The Ligurian olive yeah. oils. They're really delicate. They're almost like liquid butter and they're well suited to a more delicate dish. So I think that's something that, you know, a lot of chefs obviously know this and a lot of uh, folks at home are learning, but you want to pair the type of extra virgin olive oil you're finishing a dish with, mm -hmm. with the type of food. Absolutely. And the only thing I will add to that, John, is heat. Finishing oils should never be heated. This is not something that you're going to ever put in a pan right. and sear a, you know, a piece of fish or a piece of meat with. When you heat oil, you're changing the flavor profile of the of the oil. You're yeah. actually losing a lot of the terroir and a lot of the flavor profile in that, which is why you want to cook with something a little less expensive. The workhorse oils, as you mentioned, and sometimes even a blended oil. So you get the flavor of the olive oil, but you get the smoke point of a neutral oil, like a canola or a vegetable. Right. We're going to be talking with Chef Albert DeAngelis of the Z Hospitality Group. This is a restaurant group based in Connecticut, and they do some amazing stuff. He loves Monini. He loves olive oil. So that'll be a fun conversation with Albert. Monini is so consistent and it's never like on the bitter side. It's never on the grassy side. It, it always has a nice balance and flavor to it. And then we'll be talking with Marco Petrini himself. Oil doesn't age well. When you go to a store and supermarket here in the U.S., but everywhere, really, you have to be careful about choosing the product. That time that goes by, you know, uh, will change the taste profile of the product. You know, he's one of the most knowledgeable people about olive oil in the world. This episode is in partnership with the Chef's Warehouse and Hey Now Media. John, we're really thrilled to have Chef Albert DeAngelis, who is the executive chef for Z Hospitality, part owner, to talk about one of our favorite ingredients. Olive oil. Exclusively from Italy. Yeah. Welcome, Albert. Welcome. Thank you. You have this really strong relationship with Monini olive oil. Mm -hmm. um, where did that kind of come from? How did that start? Well, I started up, I moved up from the city in 93 and I started working for this. It was just a single restaurant, Terra in Greenwich at that time. Through Chef's Warehouse, which was called Dairyland back then, I started using this olive oil. You know, I'm very particular with ingredients and I'm very into consistency. I just kept using it and it just has a very consistent consistent profile where I think at this point, it's been so many years I've been using it that my guests are used to it, that sort of flavor profile and you're sort of scared to uh, move from it. I mean, it's high quality anyway, just I've always stayed with my producers. I've been to Italy twice with them. I know how they produce it, the quality they have. It's a good thing. It's not 
inexpensive, it's one of those things that's worth the money. It's one of those foundations, like the backbone of the cuisine. Canned tomatoes or your pasta you use, it's, uh, you can't skimp with that. I think that's why when you're choosing your olive oil, you want to invest, you want it to be perfect for, you know, whatever dish. Are you using different olive oils for different things? I mean, we use some finishing oils. Those are the, I guess, the DOPs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they have several that will tend to finish it, but I'll finish with, I use mostly the originale. You know, we saute fish in it. We saute vegetables in it. You can actually deep fry in it, you know, if you want it. It'd be quite expensive for a side of fries, but you could do that. Um, We bake with it, olive oil cake, biscotti, but I really like finishing, you know, a soup or a pasta, you really get that flavor like really forward. Like that fresh, yes. bright. Yes. Yeah. I would use more to finish than I would to start cooking with. Like if I made a soup, I would use a little because you have to sweat the ingredients first and everything like that. But I think you'll get more out of it if you finish with it. And what are you'll you looking for things. in a finishing oil? What are the, the fla- what flavor you know, profiles? Monini is so consistent and it's never like on the bitter side. It's never on the grassy side. It it always has a nice balance and flavor to it. John, like Monini, I would describe it as like fruity, aromatic. Yeah, it depends on the oil. Those DOP oils all have very different different. characteristics. Depending on Um, the olive, depending on the terroir. You said you bake an olive oil cake, you mm-hmm. use a bisco- you use the olive oil for biscotti. Mm-hmm. What other dishes do you really feel like the olive oil, you know, is you highlight it's mean, highlighted? It's used almost in pretty much every dish we use in the restaurant now. Yeah. It's just gotten to the point where yeah, we still use a little bit of butter, but anything you use butter or regular oil for, you can use olive oil. Eggs, omelets, frittatas, sautéing vegetables. I mean, it might be traditionally, I mean, I like it. It's olive oil, garlic, a little chili flakes. I don't superheat olive oil anymore. I'll, I'll t- tend to put it in the pan with the garlic and the chili pepper cold, and then I'll add the vegetable and sort of heat it up slowly. So, you know, the garlic and infuse, I really don't like serving the garlic on the plate, so I'll sort of take that out. It's not about that high, high heat anymore. I'd rather do it sort of low and slow and bring things up that way. Why do you feel like that? I mean, I think you're going to get more out of it, bringing it up slowly, letting that, you know, letting the garlic infuse into the oil. And even I think the smoking point of olive oil is around 400. So you don't really want to get it super, super hot. I remember in Italy, we were making bruschetta when I was on the Monini trip. We were making some kind of bruschetta outside. We were at some kind of festival. And I noticed they would grill the bread first dry and then they would put the olive oil on after. And the other one who I saw that, I, I, I think it was Lydia Bastianich, who always said that either on her TV show or cookbooks or something like that, that you never put olive oil on the bread first and then like grill it. It makes it bitter. It'll get a little acrid from that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea of starting things cold now in the pan because I also, uh, when cooking, would get the olive oil hot, then add the ingredients. I love to start a pan cold with olive oil. I'm way big. I think I've talked to Andrew about this Mm -hmm. a bunch of times. I love microplaning garlic now and then putting that cold into the pan with chili pepper flakes, whatever it is, and then bringing it up slowly to your point. I think that does keep the property of the oil alive, the flavor of the oil, and then also infuses those other ingredients. And then if you're going to add pasta to the pan, toss it while just warm, I think is really awesome. I cut the olive oil. On my counter, I have a bottle of canola oil and a bottle of olive oil. And I do both, especially when I'm, you know, tempted to cook at a high heat just because it kind of inflates 
that smoke point of mm -hmm. the olive oil. So you don't change the properties. You still get that flavor profile from the olive oil. Getting back to the canola oils, I became very interested in nutrition probably over the last five years. And canola oil is like one of the worst oils for you. One of the worst highly refined processed chemicals are added to extract the oil. When you hear things like light olive oil in the supermarket and olive oil and pumice oil, it's very little extra virgin olive oil mixed with those garbage oils, vegetable oil. Vegetable oil can be a mixture of pretty much anything. So I've tried to stay away from that as much as possible. The consumer should look in, you know, pre-made salad dressings and they're in business. They want to make money. Olive oil is expensive. Um, this other oil is a lot less expensive, but it's not as good for you. So you have visited Monini in yes. Spoleto. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that experience. You know, when was the first time you went? You I know? mean, I think the first time it was 2006 and then again, maybe... 2014. Did, did you go with a group of chefs or yes. did you go on your, who'd you we go went with? with uh, the chef's warehouse. Yeah. But well, it was interesting meeting the owner of Monini and how, you know, he's like a mad scientist, how he tastes different oils and, you know, he sort of combines them about, you know, and, and the olives are from all over the world. They're not just from, you know, Italian, unless it's the DOPs, but, you know, they could be from North Africa, they can be from Greece, Spain. And he sort of uh, has such great experience with his taste that he can just combine all these. Yeah, Zeffirino Monini is a, yeah, a master on, blender. On the, uh, olive oil savant. The olive oil and the climate for that year and how they taste. And right. Hi, my name is Albert DeAngelis and you're listening to Ingredient Insiders. So tell us a little bit about your career. As you said, you know, going back to 93, where did you grow up? Where did you... So I grew up in Westchester County. I grew I was born in Yonkers. I grew up in uh, Hawthorne, Mount Pleasant area. I started actually as a dishwasher in White Plains and I liked the kitchen. I went to Culinary Institute after that. After that, I concentrated on the city and I was in some really high-end uh, French restaurants. So before I went to Terra, I had zero Italian experience at all. I'm Italian heritage wise, but I never cooked Italian in restaurants. What made you fall in love with Italian cuisine? I guess the simplicity of it, especially when you're over there. Things are so fresh and I think we've gotten a lot better with the delivery system of, you know, getting things from, you know, the ground to the market faster or getting things, you know, to the restaurants faster. So you started in the kitchen, as you mentioned, at a young age. Mm -hmm. You worked your way through, you know, you went to the CIA, you worked in, you know, great French restaurants in New York City. You know, we have a lot of young chefs who are, you know, listeners to the Ingredient Insiders. What is your life like now that you're not in the, are you in the kitchen every day? Or are you more overseeing your chefs in, you know, seven different locations? You know, what's the day-to-day -day life like for what we'll call a kind of corporate executive chef? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm more overseeing at this point. Tell us about Z Hospitality Group. Terra opened in October 91. Yep. So we were 30 years old in October. And it was just the one restaurant back just, then. Just the one restaurant. And, uh, and now there's what, seven? There was eight. We closed two during COVID. Okay, so, so there's six. six. Uh, Terra are the original in uh, Greenwich on Greenwich Avenue. From Terra, we opened Metatronio. That's down the avenue a little bit, uh, 366 Greenwich Avenue. That's a little more fish seafood oriented. In 2006, 
17, we opened East End, which was more of an American concept. We have Soleil in New Canaan, Terra in Danbury, and Aurora in Rye. And you oversee all those restaurants? Yes. So I have a chef in each location. Um, you know, I'll help them change menus. I'll help them hire, train, you know. But I, I still do a fair amount of cooking still. Not on the line, but I still like to get my hands dirty. But it, it's difficult now because some of our restaurants have been around so long that our guests are sort of used to the same thing. And some of them don't want them altered at all. Yeah, I was going to um, ask how often you're changing you know, menus, you know, what your menu cycle is. We change seasonally, but we print in-house, so we'll change more often than that if we want, if something's not selling or we have another idea or we want to try something else. Mm -hmm. But um, it's generally like the setups, um, you know, I use asparagus in the spring, artichokes in the spring, peas in the spring, corn in the summer, tomatoes, zucchini, eggplant, um, you know, I try to respect the season still, you know, the reasons for it were, you know, generally it was cheaper, mm -hmm. you know, because there was an abundance of the product around, so it would be cheaper to use. But nowadays you can get anything at any time. So you have like your core menu items for your regulars and then kind of yeah, but, change it up a bit for... Yeah, but if we see uh, another way to do something a better way... I mean, we will always want to keep improving. In this business, I don't think it could stand still and, you know, not evolve. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time oh, to sit great. with us today to talk about olive Thanks oil. And if you are in the Greenwich, Connecticut area, please make your way over to Terra or Mediterraneo or East End. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Albert. This was awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate it. This episode is sponsored by Monini Extra Virgin Olive Oils of Italy one of our favorite olive oils on the planet. So Andrea, I am so thrilled today because we have Marco Petrini from Monini Olive Oil here today. One of the finest olive oils that we carry at Chefs. Yeah, and Marco is the kind of person and supplier that makes Chef's Warehouse who they are. Welcome, Marco. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Very happy to be here. Marco is what we call an OG supplier. Marco, how many years have you been working with Chef's Warehouse? 35 uh, plus. Okay, so essentially the company's about yeah. 35 yeah, years first. old. Yeah. He's one of the first. He's a foundational partner for the company, which is amazing. And he's a friend. We have some crazy stories. I first visited Monini back in 2004. I remember a lot about that trip. It's in Spoleto, Italy. Wow, okay. Which is a beautiful part of Umbria. Yeah. It's a big truffle area in Italy for black winter truffles. You know, one of my fondest memories of visiting Monini was being in a restaurant very late at night and we finished dinner and I was on a chef's trip. On this trip, are you ready? Mm -hmm. These were unknowns at the time. Michael White, Doug Saltis, Andrew Carmelini, John the chef from Gramercy Tavern. Okay. Celine Gould Oranger from Chef's Warehouse. It was an incredible trip. And, you know, all yeah, of those chefs names. have gone on to great things. But all I know is at the end of the night, Marco gave us all an introduction to grappa. Mm. Everybody knows what grappa is, mm -hmm. that Italian, it's like basically wine. like grain alcohol yeah. of Italy. And Marco made me drink at least four glasses of I'm I'm uh, surprised he still remembers that. Yeah, I was going to say, do you I don't remember, remember anything, anything after that? No. But Marco, let's talk about Monini. Could you tell us a little bit of, of the history of Monini? I know it's a hundred-year-old company. The family is still very involved in the day-to-day 
production. Uh, Monin is still a family-owned business, and it's uh, third generation now. Most of the family members work in the company in different roles. What makes it different is that the owner, the, the shareholder, uh, Zeferino Monini, was the grandson of the founder of the company, still makes all the decisions when it comes to the product that we bottle. He makes the selection of the raw materials. He chooses the farmers we buy the olives from when it cannot come from our own uh, land. And then he makes the different blends that go into the different products. And I think that's unique uh, in, in a market that's evolving so much and where you have companies that have grown to, the, let's say, the higher level of size. Monini is kind of unique uh, to, to be still what it was 100 years ago. We just celebrated 100 years of history as a company, and we're going into the next you know 100 years with a lot of projects and a lot of new things. But the identity of the company and the history serves as as a path moving forward. So it's not something in the past only, but it's something that serves us to go forward and keep the same traditions going. Obviously with changes, you know, technology has made a lot of inroads in olive oil production from, you know, wheelstone uh, crushing to modern machinery and consistency is what comes to mind. You know, most of the chefs that John was mentioning, they find in Monini a very reliable, consistent product day in and day out in a market that changes every day. So it's not easy to keep that consistency going. Chefs and home consumers, one of the hardest things is finding an olive oil. Mm -hmm. It's like you walk into a retail store and you've got a shelf with 50 extra virgin olive oils. That's not uncommon now. Or if you're a chef, a professional chef, and you're working on your restaurant and you're looking at, you know, what the chef's warehouse has to offer, I think we have 98 extra virgin olive oils. It's like, how do you know where to go? You know, right. you can talk to your sales rep, you can do some research. The one thing that I always say about Monini, not only is it excellent, but it is so consistent year in, year out, you know, harvest to harvest. What is the secret, Marco? How does Monini do that? It's a combination of, of being very uh, strict when it comes to selecting uh, your suppliers, which is a big part of it. And also having the knowledge and the expertise to kind of put together. So Mr. Monini, still today, if he has in front of him 10 different samples of product coming from 10 different farmers, whether they're in Italy or in other markets, because we do also have a lot of product. Always keep in mind, Italy only produces half of its consumption. As a consumer in Italy, I can only have access to limited Italian product because we outgrow completely. The consumption outgrows completely production. But no matter what, when Mr. Monini has in front of him 10 different samples of product, he knows exactly what's going to create that blend that he wants out of those 10 samples by choosing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, Is it a blend of olives that you're choosing yes. or? Different types of olives from different regions. You know, Italy is blessed uh, by nature. We have the largest biodiversity of all the European countries. We have like three times the number of uh, olive types that Spain has, for instance. And Spain produces three times more product than Italy does. So we have a smaller pool to choose from, but so much more variety to choose from. And, and that gives us the flexibility to be able to create that perfect plan, you know, whether it's our everyday item, our originale, or our gran frutado, which is our, you know, signature item, we know exactly, and he knows exactly how to recreate that flavor, no matter what, during the harvest, 
off harvest during the year when you really need to make sure that the product doesn't change because being able to service the food service industry is important for us because it keeps us in check because again as you were saying john i mean chefs want consistency they don't want to change the taste profile of their dish every time they choose a different you know batch of product they want the same because obviously their customers require the same. Yeah, and there's no gimmicks when it comes to making olive oil. You basically pick an olive off of a tree when it's ripe. You need to get it as quickly as possible to the mill where it's crushed and then put into a centrifuge, essentially, and the oil comes out. The production process is pretty straightforward and simple. At the same time, all these little steps, they're the small steps, but they they need to be carried out in a, in a certain way in order to preserve the quality of the oil. You can have the best possible olives to start with, but if you don't treat them well during the process, you can ruin them very easily. So that's also another. And this is why we partner with farmers and cooperatives that are very traditional and very established. You know, we don't like to buy a lot from new partners. We, we, we establish relationships and we keep them for a long time. And we also support them by giving them more information about how to maybe make production a little bit more modern every year, modernize technology when it comes to pressing, you know, crushing the olives in a different way, protect the olives from oxygen, or maybe sometimes even truck the olives from the farm to the production facility in refrigerated trucks so they keep their temperature and the humidity there so that the oil doesn't get stressed. When do you harvest olives in Umbria? Uh, well, in Umbria, which is in the center part of Italy, um, usually harvesting takes place between the end of October and the beginning of November. But that obviously can change given the different climate. Obviously, you want to have the right time. As soon as the, the olives turn from green that become purple and then black, you know, that's the time where you want to have, you know, uh, a look at the, at the tree and get a visual of what that area looks like and pick the olives at the right time where they're going to give you the most benefits. Early harvest is a product that's going to be very very fruity, very spicy, a little bitter. So the gran fruttato is usually an early uh, harvest. That's my favorite, John. Yeah, uh, that, oh, that, that's delicious. a great It's one product. of the finest finishing oils that we have and super fruity, super fresh, bright, green. I love it. Yeah, amazing product. The tins that we have, that is the Monini, is it Classico? Yeah, or Originale. Originale. Uh, yeah, Classico Originale is our signature everyday blend. We call it everyday because it's an oil that can be used in the kitchen to dress your salad or to do any finishing on the dish. But it's a balanced taste. It doesn't have any spikes. It doesn't have that intense, fruity, peppery that the Gran Frutado has. It does have a little bit of, of fruitiness and, and spiciness that gives flavor to the dish, but it's consistent. It doesn't overwhelm any other ingredients that you're using in that recipe. And that's normally a medium to late harvest. So the originale is made with olives that are harvested right at the time where if you look at an olive tree, you will see that the olives are almost bicolor, two colors, half green and half purple. And that's where we pick them. That's like the sweet spot? Yes. Yes. It. What are the types of olives that go into that originale? Originale might have olives from central Italy, from southern Italy, sometimes from the north. Again, it depends on what that year did to that particular region when it comes to was it a dry season? Was it a wet season? Was it very humid or not? Was the interaction between the tree and the soil? So one year it might have 50% of olive varietals from the north 
and 50% from the south. Another year to recreate that same taste, we might need to go 80% in the south and 20% in the center. The ability of Mr. Monini to realize that and say, okay, well, to recreate that taste, we need to, for this particular year, we need to uh, go in that region more heavily than we would do in, in another year. He really is, a, a Zeffirino Monini is a master blender. To recreate that taste profile, let's say, forget about the originale, because the originale is very large and very big, but the Gran Fruttato, which is an item that uh, everybody exactly. loves when they try it. We bottle about 2 million liters of that oil every year. Now, to recreate that taste for such a large number, it might not seem large, but it is a big number. So much easier to do with a small boutique oil coming from a small estate, from a small region, much more difficult to do with a product that sells 2 million uh, bottles of it. Do you so, go to specific farmers for that So oil? in that case, the selection and the assortment and the uh, the farmer's pool is much smaller. But at the same time, again, things can change. In an area, it might be an extended drought that created conditions where the olives did not pick enough uh, nutrient from the soil. They're not as, as fruity and peppery as you want it to be. Then you have the other suppliers to do that. So it, it is a, a unique way of, of but but a very established way and I think it's it's worked for a hundred years it's going to work for another hundred years probably <laughs> what I think is really awesome about you know Monini is that you're not just thinking about today or, or next year but you're really thinking into the future I was looking you have this whole sustainability project that you're working on you know there are a few things we we put together a, a 10-year plan that started uh, at our 100 year anniversary. So for the next 10 years, we're going to implement a few new policies, not only when it comes to production, but also on the farming side. So Monini is gonna get much more involved on the farming side of things. We planted already about 200,000 new trees in an area of Tuscany that we recently acquired, and we're gonna continue to do that. The goal is to plant 1 million trees in the next 10 years where we can now control more of the sourcing that we have for our product. But not only that, we are going to make those new olive groves all organic. Planting trees means trying to create a neutral footprint, which we are aiming for by 2030. Education is also a big part of what we're trying to get accomplished. We, we partner with schools, we partner with uh, universities in trying to educate young chefs or, or students in the culinary world and also uh, even younger kids to understand better how to use olive oil, to be able to understand and use the product the right way. And, and obviously, we all know about the benefits of olive oil when it comes to the uh, natural and the health benefits of it. But there's also a much bigger piece, which is, you know, how good it is on your dish, how much it enhances your dish and your whatever you're making, whether it's baking or cooking or dressing or doing some other things. I think a lot of what I know about olive oil and extra virgin olive oil in general came from a few of the visits I've made to Monini over the years. You guys really made an investment. The facility, you have almost a school there with rooms where people can stay, and it's yeah. an educational experience to go to, to Monini. Yeah, we do seminars. We do uh, olive oil tasting courses. Uh, obviously, during the harvest, we have a couple weekends where we everybody's invited to come and, uh, and enjoy just uh, fresh pressed oil, uh, which is something that most people have never seen before. Uh, if you go to the press, you'll see how different it is when it comes out of, a, of an olive oil production right away before it's filtered and then bottled down the road. Oil doesn't age well. There's a lot of similarities between oil and wine, different types of grapes. You get different types of wines. Same thing with olives. You can get different taste profiles by choosing different olives. It oxidizes. When you go to a store and supermarket here in the U.S., but everywhere, 
really. You have to be careful about choosing the product. That time that goes by, you know, uh, will change the taste profile of the product. Our dream as a company or, or as olive oil lovers is that uh, every American family should have at least two or three extra virgin olive oils in their kitchen because one should be used for one thing, one for another. You know, there's not a good for all, one, one oil for all uh, type of product. Uh, although there are some products that are more versatile for, for different uses. But if you really want to be very specific, if you're interested in regional cuisine, you'll find that there is a specific oil that might fit that particular dish better than others. I'm always curious about which came first. Was it the olive oil or the local cuisine? Because, you know, I'll point to Liguria as an example, where you have a lot of seafood and it's a coastal area. And then you have olive oils there that are very delicate, that are really well suited to crudo raw seafood or other light meat dishes or a lot of vegetables, a lot of vegetables there too. Really, which came first? Did the cuisine evolve around the olive oil? Some of these places, olive oils, you know, the trees are a thousand years old. Yeah. It's not uncommon. I don't know that we'll ever know the answer to, but it is. It's an amazing kind of thing to think about. Absolutely. And particularly Umbria, where you've got, you know, I think of the regional oils from Spoleto in that, mm -hmm. that area, hardier kind of cuisine, yeah. beans and lentils yeah. um, and, you know, wild boar, and game, other yeah, game meats. Wild boar. So you need a, a hardier oil, which I think the oils yeah. of Spoleto are. I think it's a combination. I think maybe because those ingredients have been there forever, as you said, olive trees date back to 2000 years before Christ. So we're looking at a product that's been there. So I guess farmers or people living in those areas looked at the ingredients they had and they started to put together recipes that would complement that ingredient. But maybe in some other part it was the other way around. The cuisine kind of guided the ingredients in a certain way uh, to be used in certain dishes, if not, you know, on everything. Uh, one of the things that in this country is very big is baking. You know, there's not a lot of knowledge about how you can use olive oil in baking. But in Italy, we do everything with olive oil. We, we bake, we make cakes with, we make muffins, we do everything with, with it. You can use it as a much healthier substitute to, to butter. Monini is immensely popular in the United States. It's available if you go to a supermarket. It, mm -hmm. you know, high-end supermarket in particular, you'll see it on the shelf. Look for a brand like Monini because it is going to be excellent. Marco, tell us a little bit about your experience and Monini's experience with the Chef's Warehouse. It's a long history. The founders of our company, John Pappas and Chris Pappas, they have a personal relationship, not just with you, but with Zeffirino Monini back in Italy. What was it like in the early days? How has it evolved and where is it today? Oh my God. It's almost I, like family. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it is. The companies are not even because it was by design, just by nature, they followed the same kind of path forward. They stay true to their core values and they stay together. And, and I understand, I mean, obviously, as you said, uh, you guys have many oils in your portfolio that, that you guys sell. And obviously we sell to other companies in, in the US when it comes to retail and some maybe in some other markets. But at the same time, there's always been this understanding that we are, you know, a preferred partner for, for chefs and you guys are a preferred partner for us. Obviously, things have changed from when I was dropping off cases in the, one of the first warehouses down in, in the Bronx. And now where you guys have, you know, a much bigger footprint and distribution and reach across the nation. We have great relationships with your offices uh, around the nation. We, we, we have really a good understanding and we try to stay close to them to help them and support them as much as they can with seminars, tasting courses, just being out there with people just to understand 
what the chefs wants. You know, the customer at the end dictates so what what they want. We try to satisfy their needs at the same time. Work with your with your uh, reps in the market just to to understand their needs too. You got to visit Monini if you happen to be. I would in love Spalette to visit Del. Monini. One of my favorite things, and what I always think of when I think of Monini, is one of my favorite restaurants in all of Italy. Completely nondescript, unassuming. The name of the restaurant is called Il Palazzaccio. Yes. Palazzaccio. Which yeah. means what? The old building. Like a broke down yeah. palace almost. Yeah. It's this restaurant that from the outside looks like it's may not even be in business, to be honest with you. It's simple. Like, like hole in the shack. wall? Yeah. Okay. You, you walk into this place, and I've been lucky enough to eat there, I think, three times in my life. Three sisters maybe yeah. running the place? One is out serving tables. The other one is in the kitchen. The other one is at the bar. You go in. The first thing they do, they bring you to the kitchen. The food is to die for. I mean, you've been there three times. What are asked. your dishes? You know, I will never forget these. <laughs> it was the first time I ever had lamb scotadita. So, Which means what? Burn your fingertips? Yeah. Yeah. It's like lamb chops uh, okay. that you eat with your hands. That's why that's called scotadilla because you're supposed to burn your hands when you eat them. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's like a rustic kind of experience? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ravioli stuffed with artichoke <sighs> and like an artichoke sauce. Sounds so yeah. good. Dreamy. Like the best. You had me at artichoke. Other pastas. <laughs> and it's just... I'm so it's like one of a kind like those restaurants to me don't really exist anymore no. so much simplicity yep. but that's Umbria that's what Umbria is in, in a nutshell uh, we like to see our region as uh, the undiscovered gem of Italy everybody knows about Tuscany which is a great region and we love Tuscany everybody loves Tuscany but you go to um Umbria you're like stepping back 50 years back in time where what Tuscany probably was 50 years ago Umbria is today so much more affordable, much more down to earth, much more like personable. It's a great experience. I encourage everyone that visits Italy to make a stop and go to Umbria because it, it, it's worth going to. Do you think we should record in Umbria? It, I, no doubt. That's what I was getting at, <laughs> yeah. actually. I was hoping we could do a remote. You're welcome yeah. anytime. You guys can come anytime. Live from Monini? Yeah. I'm in. Well, thanks so much, Marco. This is, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you around in uh you know, coming into the studio today. It's been a real treat. We're going to continue to grow together Chef's Warehouse and Monini for many years to come. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Appreciate it and, and looking forward. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ingredient Insiders. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders. You can find the products discussed in today's episode on chefswarehouse.com. <laughs>